Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, January the 3rd in 2022 on When I Rise. Happy New Year, everybody. Today we start the week year C and the first Sunday of Epiphany, which is this neat little season after the 12 days of Christmas, after Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so on the Monday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage from this week in the Revised Common Lectionary. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. So let me read that passage, write a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on Winter Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you, the camels of Midian and Ephah. The people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. This is the word of God for us. I don't know about you, but there's something mysterious about how we know what is right and wrong. Uh, some would suggest that we have like this blank slate and right and wrong and in or outs has to be written on it from square one. And others would suggest that something is encoded and innate within us. All I know is that as early as possible, I can just remember like having this feeling of that's just not right or that is exactly right. And um, there's like a branch of philosophy of a called epistemology or how do we know stuff um, there's one part of epistemology that says like there's something called tacit knowledge where we know more than we can say right like there's something's embedded within us and we say hey i don't i don't know if i could write this all out on the scratch paper but i think that this is a conclusion of the matter on these things right and uh, we we tend to act and respond sometimes we measure it and we can gauge it sometimes we can't sometimes we just launch out and we just know that it's right, right? When something is brought back to right. Um, here recently at the time of this recording, something right happened uh, within the world of hockey. Um, you may have heard this story, but there's a couple of NHL teams, the Seattle Kraken, who this is their first year being a hockey team, and there, there's the Vancouver Canucks. And the Vancouver Canucks were visiting the visiting team uh, in Seattle, and there was a season ticket holder, a girl right behind the visitor's bench, and she noticed what looked like could be a cancerous mole on the back of an assistant equipment manager's neck. And this is in the middle of a hockey game. And she taps on the glass. She gets his attention. She says, I think that you need to have this thing looked at on the back of your neck. So this is all the way back in October. And um, he went and got it looked at. And sure enough, it was um, a tumor that he needed to deal with right then and there. And so he got it all treated. And just a couple of nights ago uh, was the first time that once again Vancouver would be back in town playing Seattle and so he did a 
a Twitter crusade to try to figure out who this person was. And they met person uh, to person and they shared the story because he felt like this girl really saved his life. And the second TV timeout of that game, it was announced over the loudspeaker that the Vancouver Canucks hockey organization wanted to donate $10,000 to this girl's medical school fund because she was a medical student, just as a sign of appreciation for what she did for one of their employees. And you look at that, like that's heartwarming, but like something about it's like, you know what, that's right. That, 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 That landed in a place where it needed to land. And I think that the same thing is going on in Isaiah chapter 60. I mean, by this time in Isaiah, um, Israel has experienced so much setbacks, like they've been invaded, uh, their innocence has been torn from them, families have been separated, they've had uh, material wealth stolen from them, but God is promising to bring them back and he's forecasting a great restoration where their wealth would be restored, and they'd be admired by the nations and so on and so forth. And this is all part of God's plan of putting things to the right. One of the things that the Bible says about God is that God is a God of justice. Um, he puts things, as the Brits say, he puts things back to the rights. Like when things are out of joint, he sets it back and it brings a repair. There's uh, no mystery why the same word for healing and the same word for salvation or to be saved is the same word in the Greek New Testament. When something is brought back from disrepair to restoration, when something is lost and it's found again, we have the same response. That seems to be right. You know, you and I engage the world because we have this compass within us. We know that there are some things that are out of sort and they need to be put to the rights. If we didn't care about it, we would ignore it. We would just go on with our day or we would adopt a nihilism which says, you know what? Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die and it's somebody else's problem. But the reason that we're bothered is because we know the things that are not right can be put back to right and perhaps we might have a way of dealing with it. There's something will happen in and through us to bring those things back to the right. And so uh, we need prayer if we're going to engage in that type of work because that's messy work and it takes a lot of wisdom. And let's just be honest, it takes a lot of hope because when we experience setback after setback, little by little, our hope can be eroded. But what we look at once again as Christians is that our orientation is towards cross and resurrection. The cross was in some way, it said, this is not right. Why is this world crucifying its God instead of praising its God? But the resurrection, we say, no, now it's been put back to right. God vindicates his son because his son was innocent. And therefore, we can live under the canopy of that great vindication and innocence. And we can begin to bring other parts of God's world under that canopy so that all can be well and all can be put back to rights. Now that's something to do with our lives, some things that need to be put to right and things that can happen through us that can be brought into the right. And so as we begin to work that out, we start in the place of prayer because God gives us that orientation towards hope and he gives us the strength to engage in that faithful work. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you this day because you have redeemed us. You've called us your own. You've brought us from darkness to light. You brought us from death to life. We are a new creation because of the promises of Christ. And so, God, as we now orient our day in front of us, we thank you that we've got school and work and family and friends and extracurricular activities, things that are on the list, things that are certainly not on the list that we're going to engage with today. And we understand that we've got two paths. We've got a path to follow you path to go on our own way. 
We understand that the path to follow you means that we have a disposition towards hope, towards restoration, towards healing. And God, that process and that work is messy and it takes nuance and it takes wisdom. We lack those things in our life. And so we come to you once more, knowing that you're a good father who gives good gifts. We ask that you give us those gifts once more, the gifts of wisdom and discernment and grace and power to engage in the faithful work of Jesus. God, we choose to believe this day that today is drawing us towards a day closer to your restoring of all things. We thank you that the empty tomb tells us and the whole creation that you're bringing it from death to life. And so I pray that you might find in us willing participants in that outworking of seeing things being brought from death to life. May it start in us and then may it flow through us to every person and every situation and every opportunity that we have today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.